if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible. It's coming to you Tuesday afternoon. Um, thankful for my quarterback's health. Standing tall on two Achilles. Dane, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, my fantasy rosters are not as great, but it was a fun week one of football. I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm thankful to be here talking about football in my leisure time to those who have leisure time to listen. Yeah, Dane went 0-3. Uh, I yeah. went 4-0. and So if you're ever wondering whose advice you should listen to, um, there's <laughs> a, a little week one sample size. Okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Um, this is one thing I love about fantasy in our in our league of record, which is by far like the worst team that I have across all my leagues. Uh, like I I won, and I think I scored like out of the twelve people, the eleventh most points or something like that. Like I I played like the one person that I could have played and won, and then that was it. So sometimes sometimes lady luck is on your side. Yeah, not mine this week, but that's all right. Uh, certainly some people listening are feeling the same amount of shame and disheartening feelings that I am. So, you know, that's why we're here to talk about it, an outlet, and hopefully we're pointing people in the right direction going into next week. Yeah, I mean, uh, so this is going to be the first of our, our our weekly, you know, football is happening shows. So we'll be coming to you guys basically same day every week. Uh, it'll drop either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. And we're kind of going to go through four categories, looking back at the weekend that just happened. And then four categories, just to give you a loose preview of what's happening next week. Um, although it'll be a little bit more of a reflection show than a prediction show. Um, and then as always, we will start with a mystery question Dane, I, I do have a mystery question for you. I'm afraid you did. What is it? So like, say, you know, week one didn't go as planned for you. You really need a receiver. But, you know, like you, either you have a lower waiver, waiver priority or you don't want to blow all your uh, free agency budget on like a Puka Nakua or a, or a Robert Woods or something like that. Should anyone out there in existence pick up alan robinson oh it's funny because i was thinking about this on my way home and i hate that the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so for context deontay johnson he is a stealer you knew that but alan robinson is also a stealer you, you might, might not, not have known have that, that. <laughs> uh, yeah uh keep up but um yeah deontay johnson likely missing i would say at least two to four weeks or more um, on the low end of a bad hamstring injury went down in the second quarter of the game and guess who was getting a lot of targets in that offense Allen Robinson was it 
exciting? Did it pan out for fantasy production? No, but he got, I think, eight targets on the game. Eight and targets, five catches, 64 yards. And yeah, and, and that's with um, Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver one on that team, going down, you know, halfway into the second quarter. So I think he will be more in the game plan, speaking of Allen Robinson going forward into next week. But do I want to start him? Absolutely not. Um, could it be like a savvy play if you need a flex or wide receiver three? Yeah, I think he's going to get six to ten targets, man. And I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, that Steelers offense just looked abysmal. So not yeah. high hopes, but worth a worth an, a waiver in deeper leagues. Absolutely. And it did. You know, they had a pretty pretty much the the toughest defensive matchup that you can draw aside from maybe mm-hmm. the Jets in this league. And yeah, those targets. Uh, we're funneling Allen Robinson's ways and not George Pickens. I think he's going to be uh, – Allen Robinson will be the recipient of those uh, targets vacated by Johnson because George Pickens, um, well, he's a super exciting player, seems to be kind of like your downfield target big threat. And then like con- your consistent move the change guy was Deontay Johnson, and it seems like Allen Robinson is going to be the one stepping into that role a bit of more consistent player at this point in his career. But yeah, he was kind of uh public enemy number one for us last year. Cause Dane and I yeah. both ate all the garbage coming out of Rams camp. Prioritized <laughs> Allen Robinson in our drafts and paid, paid the price dearly. Um, I do want to clarify he's worth an ad in deeper leagues, but do not start him this week. Please God, do not start him. Just watch because Deontay Johnson, I think will be out multiple weeks. So if that trend continues of eight targets a game, then maybe in week three, we can talk about starting him. That's all I want to say. Speculative ad, not a uh, must start situation. No. Okay. So getting into how we're going to be doing these pods, we're going to go through four categories, uh, basically summing up our weekly observations. Those are going to be what matters most, what matters least, a rage quit moment, and a this is why we play moment. Now, all of those are pretty self-explanatory, but uh, you know we'll explain them further if we need to. Uh, Dane, what do you have to kick us off with what matters most from this weekend of football that we just watched? All right. I love this category. What matters most as in what should we really be paying attention to as a result of what happened this week? Week one, you know, the biggest fluctuation of the NFL season. How do we know what to react to accordingly or what is an overreaction? Well, I brought to the table the Rams offense is good question mark exclamation point like they were not supposed to be good. Uh, this was a team talked about in a lot of circles as like a low-key tanking team. They're not really a serious team based on their roster construction, the amount of money they're spending on like four players throughout the roster and everyone else is trash, quote unquote. Um, but here we are. They battered the Seahawks in week one, a divisional opponent. Uh, the Seahawks were expected to win. And we saw two wide receivers go for over 100 yards. Puka Nakua, a, a rookie wide receiver, uh, probably not drafted in any major redraft leagues. Tutu Atwell, also probably not drafted. He's a second-year player, uh, like 165 pounds. Um, and then Kyron Williams, uh, the running back who was injured last year as a rookie. But there was rumors last year that he'd be playing ahead of Cam Akers. And Cam Akers kind of had a good a good year last year, low-key, but um, 
Kyron Williams was the running back one on this team, and that should not be ignored. And the Rams were actually good. They were productive. Um, you know, again, a divisional opponent. They really had to win this game to be serious about contending for the division title. And it worked. They looked really good. Matt Stafford was probably like the QB two on the week as far as exceptional performances go. And this is all lacking Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is out at least four weeks, potentially more. Um, Puka Nakua is probably one of the top wide receiver ads this week. He had 119 yards, looked looked amazing. I mean, he looked better than probably other than like 30 wide receivers in the NFL. He could be 31. Uh, and on this singular week, he could be like 20. Like, it was impressive. So I think the Rams deserve some praise here. We need to be paying more attention to they could be good. Yeah, I think that's a great one. Uh, Puka Nakua got some hype over the summer, and then Cup goes down, and he immediately steps into the the Cup role to catch yes. a lot of those passes over the middle. But like you may be thinking, well, I don't want to, you know, get this guy on my team, drop someone who I just drafted for this undrafted free agent who uh, is not going to have a role when Cup gets back. Um, it's worth noting that all the buzz from the summer was like that they had found their new Robert Woods. So it's like, it's possible that, yeah, he's playing the cup role now, but then cup comes back, which we don't even know is a, a guarantee um, right. with, with the severity of that hamstring uh, injuring that twice. Um, it's possible Nakua still has a, a major role on this team as the wide receiver too, um, because Van Jefferson clearly isn't stepping into that role. And then just a, another sort of reaction uh, based on what you're saying is like, the biggest thing to me is Matt Stafford looks good because I, to me, it was like, yeah. you know, downgrading the Rams like we were. It wasn't just like, oh, the offensive line's going to be bad. They don't have a lot of weapons besides Cooper Cup. It was like Matt Stafford might just, his career might just be kind of over. Like he might just be, have lost his velocity. And some of those passes, sidearms that he was whipping in there on, uh, on Sunday, the velocity is there. So, um, yeah, fully agree with you. And I think it's like, yeah, now's the time to buy in to the Rams offense because it, it might only get better from here. I'm not a huge Tutu uh, Atwell guy. Uh, fun, uh, fun fact that he's actually a third year player. So that's a Super Bowl, that. Super Bowl champion, Tutu Atwell. Um, <laughs> Yeah, didn't love it when he came came out five nine one sixty five. Just not kind of the, uh, you know, height weight that you would typically want for an NFL wide receiver. But he's got some juice, and it looks like like he's going to be the wide receiver three when Cup comes back, rather than like a, a Van Jefferson type role. Um, and yeah, and then Kyron Williams. They love Kyron Williams. Wouldn't stop talking of Kyron Williams in the preseason last year. Kyron Williams gets hurt. He's out for the year, and now this year, uh, I think it was like he took like 15 carries for I don't know his exact yardage, but it was like a, a de- like I don't know, it was like a four yards per carry uh, around there, five yards per carry type number, and then I think Cam Akers had like 22 carries for 29 yards. So while Akers is getting the majority of the touches, if Williams keeps that efficiency up, he's actually kind of the go-to guy i think in in that offense so yeah uh that's a great takeaway what matters most um i have uh, a couple quick hitters one is that uh calvin ridley is going to be a wide receiver one potentially the wide receiver one if uh, i mean only really if tyree kill uh trips at some point but yeah um 
Yeah, I mean, anyone who drafted Ridley was awarded instantly, um, not only with like targets, but like you could tell that the ability is still there. He was making some insane catches. That one catch, uh, throw and catch that he makes where the ball just squirts right between two defenders and right into Calvin Ridley. It was like on Lawrence and Ridley's part, that was just one of the favorite plays that I watched this Sunday. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley frustrating to me because he's a player that I was super in on during the summer and just didn't have an opportunity to draft him in any league that I'm in. So I'll be watching his success from afar. But if you have Calvin Ridley, um, I think it goes without saying hold, don't, don't sell, you know, like I, I think, I think that's probably already in people's minds, but this isn't like a one week, sell high situation this is a guy that is going to be used all all season in that wide receiver one role and probably even more notable is that uh zay jones looks like the wide receiver two on that team over christian kirk playing in two wide receiver sets over christian kirk um and put together a pretty nice stat line and looked good as well on uh on that game during that game yeah, completely agree about Calvin Ridley. Funny how I'm the one who drafted him and I'm 0-3 between my leagues and you did not draft him and you're 4-0. So, you know, it comes with a bit of luck to win your fantasy week. But yeah. uh, And if Zach hadn't taken Pat Mahomes and been the first one to take a QB, I probably would have drafted Calvin Ridley and we'd be in a totally yeah. different situation. Meanwhile, instead, I'm like trying to figure out what the heck is going on with Jalen Hurts. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, as far as Zay Jones goes, I will leave it at that. I I will be bringing him up later in the episode. Cool. All right. Uh, just a couple other what matters most quick hitters. Uh, Mike Evans will be fine. Question oh, yeah. Mark? Yeah, I think that's – yeah, I, I fully agree. We talked about him as a value in our offseason wide receiver pod, and – I think that is evident now. Um, you know, the Bucks are probably not going to the Super Bowl this year with Baker Mayfield, but that's fine. They looked very competent. And Mike Evans, guess what? He's still good. <laughs> so, yeah, don't yeah. worry. I was worried about the just the overall target number for Mike Evans and Mike Evans maybe also declining a bit as a player. But nope, six catches, 66 yards, touchdown. That's a classic Mike Evans stat line if I'd ever seen one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a wide receiver one or anything, but definitely – uh, a huge value in this year's draft and, and maybe too much panic about the Bucks passing situation. And then the last one I wanted to show out, I mean, maybe this isn't a what matters most situation, but does matter like with all the tight ends injuries that are out there. Uh, I just wanted to note that like Greg Dulcich went down and Adam Troutman uh, seems to be like Sean Payton's favorite player. So if you <laughs> need a tight end um, and you can't get your hands on like a Jake Ferguson who didn't turn in a great performance but was targeted seven times or some of these other hot waiver ads, uh, I think Adam Troutman might end up having a, a really solid season here. Yeah, I think he had something like eight targets in week one. And yeah, with Dulcich going down, uh, Troutman's on the field a lot. He's a good blocker. Sean Payton, like you said, the head coach. Uh, brought him in from his old team of New Orleans, and he's going to be a part of this game plan every single week, uh, whether Dulcich comes back or not. Um, the tight end is a wasteland this year. We'll talk about that soon, but uh, yeah, he's certainly worth a look. Okay, uh, let's move on to what matters least, unless you have anything else for what matters most. No, no. 
Cool. Uh, what matters least? I feel like there was a lot that's going to go in this category. Um, I'll start with the Bengals. Uh, you know, I don't. Think... That was mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then I'll, I have a couple others, so I'll let you speak to the the Bengals. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just going to be the guy who's making all the excuses for the Bengals, and you know, it's a team that we believed in going into the season. That we believed in the past two seasons. They have phenomenal players on offense. They are exceptional. One of the most fun to watch. Um, so why did it not work this week? Um, well, they were away in uh, the Brown Stadium playing on top that poorly designed elf mascot that they brought back for some <laughs> god unknown that reason. giant but, elf. <laughs> uh, terrible mascot. Anyways, um, so it was raining a lot, right? So that should not go unnoticed. Uh, Mac and Jones Burrow, just there for 350 yards in the rain. Shush. <laughs> this is a Bengals hype piece. Um, <laughs> uh, Burrow with the calf injury uh, beginning of training camp did not practice, did not play in preseason. So, you know, there's an understanding amount of rust and slow to start, plus the rain, you know, um, and the mercury was in Gatorade and, you know, all the things. <laughs> His zodiac sign didn't line up for the moon tonight. Okay, the Bengals are good. Don't freak out. Don't. Fr I'm not freaking out. Why would I be freaking out? The T. Higgins <laughs> had eight targets and no receptions. Why am I freaking I'm not. I'm not. I think it was out. 10 targets. It might be, but <laughs> I'm not freaking out. Okay. The Bengals are good. The Bengals are great. Keep <laughs> the starting Bengals them. Are fine. I'm, Look, <laughs> yeah, I'm not convincing what, myself. I'm convincing everyone <laughs> listening, I think. Here's my, uh, just to add on, like the Bengals have years of Brown's defensive tape um, that was. You know, the Browns defense, I, shady, not shady, just less than satisfying roster construction and play calling the past few years. Then they bring in Mr. Philly himself, Jim Schwartz, one of the most aggressive offensive coordinator or defensive coordinators in the league, all about getting to the quarterback. So it's a mix of like they didn't know the scheme and then also like this Browns defensive line, which features probably the, you know, the best edge yeah. player in the league, just getting to absolutely let loose on this Bengals line. So things like pass protection, uh, blitz pickup, stuff like that is usually takes uh, like, you know, a couple weeks for an offensive line to gel uh, communication with the quarterback, all that kind of stuff. I mean, these are all going to sound like excuses, but the bottom line is like, do you really expect Joe Burrow to put up, you know, uh, less than 50% completion percentage and 82 no. yards most weeks. That's just not going to happen. Even in this terrible situation, like Jamar Chase caught five balls. So yeah, it was rough. Um, but, you know, I thought Joe, it's silver lining. I thought Joe Mixon looked pretty good. Um, and yeah, I just think this Bengals team is going to be completely fine. They're also 0-4 uh, with Zach Taylor in season opener. So he just might be a coach that... <laughs> Uh, needs a minute to to get his team going there, but yeah, uh, they were the number one. What matters least for me, but I also had um, just off the heels of last night. I don't think we should be especially concerned about Josh Allen's performance. I think that's like a similar situation where yeah. Browns might end up being one of the best defenses in the league. I think the Jets are one of the best defenses in the league. Weird night. Um, 
I kind of feel like the Bills thought they had it in the bag as soon as Aaron Rodgers went out and maybe just couldn't get their mentality and their focus straight, whereas like the Jets were there clawing for that win. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, those three interceptions were terrible on Allen's part, but he's just kind of that guy that's going to have those insane breakdown weeks and then just put up 40 p- uh, points the next week. Um, so that's the Josh Allen of it all. And then similar to um, the Bengals on a much lower note, the Raiders overall weren't very productive. Like from their stars, Josh Jacobs didn't have a good game. He looked a little out of shape. Uh, Devontae Adams didn't have a great game. And then Jacoby Myers ended up going off. Um, So I think this is just a weird situation where combination week one, away game, high altitude um, with – you know, Jacoby Myers just ending up getting like, I think that's a fluke. Like, I don't think we should be, uh, you know, panicking about our Devontae Adams or our Josh Jacobs shares in that situation. I think that that's just going to get better. And you could also kind of see the team rally around Jimmy Garoppolo, which like is always funny when that happens. But hmm. um, yeah, yeah Jimmy, un- Jimmy, Jimmy was taking some hits in that game. Yeah, Jimmy is undeniably a great leader from all accounts that we've heard in the NFL. So that makes sense. But I do agree that it's not a panic for the Raiders. Um, The Broncos last year were one of the best defenses at snuffing out opposing offenses. And I don't think anything should change this year in that respect. So, um, yeah, don't think this is going to be the Raiders offense for the rest of the season. Jimmy is a serviceable quarterback. Uh, Josh Jacobs will have his day. So will Devontae Adams. And yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on Jacoby Myers being the wide receiver one <laughs> on this offense for the rest of the year. It took yeah. a serious concussion. Uh, so he might not even play this week. We'll have to keep our eyes open there. But yeah, would agree with those. And then I'll just tack on a very minuscule point. I don't think we should quite panic yet on the Giants as far as Devon, uh, Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley go. I think the Dallas Cowboys, we're talking about good defenses here. We're talking about, again, one of like, it's like the three teams we're talking about play like the best three defenses in the league, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. So that's why I wanted to bring them up. I think the Dallas Cowboys have a certain shot at being the best defense in the league based on what they showed and their roster uh everything lines up for them to be a great defense throughout the entire season so don't panic on your giants it's not a great performance you're really sad about it but uh you know don't freak out last one i'll throw in here just this is specifically for bucks fans because we're in a, a we've got a lot of leagues with a lot of bucks fans um and i saw like in different places different bucks fans just like drafting trey palmer in the 15th round and stuff <laughs> like silly. that trey palmer's touchdown is definitely in the what matters least category here. Yes. Do not be adding Trey Palmer over Kendrick Bourne or Rashid Shaheed or whoever, whatever name you want to throw out in the waiver this week. Uh, Trey Palmer is not going to have fantasy relevance this year. And I'm ready to eat my words on that, but all you Bucks fans out there, and hey, maybe if I'm in the league with you, go go ahead and go for it. Trey Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Dane, can you give me your rage quit moment of the week? Oh, can I? Uh, <laughs> my rage quit moment is get tight ends out of our league. <laughs> I, I hate tight ends. I love tight ends, man. Tight ends authority. are the worst. So tight ends failed across the board this week. Do you want to know how bad it was? Let me list you the top 10 tight ends. 
Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Donald Parham Jr., Blake Bell, TJ Hawkinson. Okay, he was drafted in a lot of leagues. Harrison Bryant, Evan Ingram. Okay, he was drafted like eighth or ninth round. Cole Komet, Pat Frymuth, Luke Musgrave, Tyler Higby, Sam Laporta, Logan Thomas, Durham Smythe, Adam Troutman. It, there's no top tight ends in that list i mean sure kelsey is injured <laughs> andrews andrews is injured uh george kittle didn't do anything darren waller barely survived a 40 and 0 shutout with like five points for fantasy like kyle pitts got one ball like oh my god i hate tight end it's so infuriating dude um yes i have darren waller in our league of record so to speak but Oh my, it's, it's infuriating. <laughs> I love having a position where six points is a good week. Like that's fun oh, to me. It's like, so terrible. I'm just going to mine for my six points. Oh, Jake Ferguson got seven targets. Yeah. Let's roll him out there. Yeah. Like, he's worth a start. Six targets is gold in tight end yeah. landscape. Heck Luke Musgrave. Yeah. Let's pick up a Luke Musgrave yeah. rookie tight end. See what he's got. Like I, I, to me, I love having this position. That's such a crapshoot where there's only two guys that really make a difference oh. every year. And you're just like bargain basement hunting for everything else. But in that list, Dallas, I mean, Dallas Goddard, goose egg also worth mentioning. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that when we give our preview. Um, okay. But uh, the, uh, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so, the list. So the, no, the the <laughs> list that you gave. I can go down any position. I think right now and give that list. Yeah, and I so, think I think you're right. Players, there's, you know, had a, the, a rough week, week one. There's potentially a larger um, narrative here that week one was just a huge down week in the NFL. It was. I saw somebody tweet that it was the worst week one offensive production week since 2001. Yeah. Yeah. And that is an outlier. So things will get better. We should not overreact. But for now, I hate tight ends. Look, and what was it last year or two years ago that we were like, all the stats were like, this is the most points in the NFL since ever. And the post-COVID season. Defense yeah. is broken and, and scoring will never be the same. And like, look where we are now. So everyone hate calm it. down about your, your think pieces. Uh <laughs> but yeah, tight end, tight end is a, a struggle of a position. Um, so I didn't have a, a personal rage quit moment because again, four and oh, but uh-huh. uh, uh, there were a couple rage quit moments that I identified. Uh, number one would be uh, any J.K. Dobbins drafter oh, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Just just sucks with this guy, especially Brutal. because he was like a, a big part of the um let's get rb's decent contracts group and you know involved with that uh wanted a better contract didn't get the better contract and now he'll be lucky to you know sign play again yeah exactly so that just it stinks to lose a player that you probably spent a fifth to seventh round pick on in week one so quick um so that you know it just yeah, it's probably your RB two or your RB three, and and now he, now he's gone, and that's uh, just sucks. That's just a rage quit moment. Uh, a a much funnier rage quit moment is thinking about all the leagues and all the matchups where like two teams playing each other. One team had Jamar Chase and one team had Tyreek Hill, and they both felt like really really good at like okay, at least our our wide receiver ones matchup, and then Tyreek Hill put up two hundred eleven yards and. 40 fantasy points and and 
Jamar Chase did what Jamar Chase did. To me, that's that's funny, especially because I know a lot of those people were probably debating between Chase or Hill and then yeah. went with Chase. So that's a, a rage quit moment for a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah, if you don't have any more rage quit moments, uh, we can segue into this is why we play. I have Tyreek Hill popping off for 40 points and half PPR. He's on pace this season for 3,500 plus <laughs> yards receiving. His goal <laughs> Do is... you understand yeah, the absurdity? Oh my, yeah. He's, his goal, he spoke about it, was 2,000 yards receiving. Well, guess what? He is shattering <laughs> Yeah, he looked on so pace. good. He looked. Oh, I was so mad because I was against Tyree Kill and PJPL, our league of record. Uh, and in uh, DGens. Yeah, shout out Porp. Shout out whoever had. Oh, me. Yeah, you traded for him. I hate you. Um, I traded DK Mecca for Tyree Kill. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I really just. I think Tyree Kill could have gone at the one one. I think. I think. You know, seventeen weeks from now. We will look back and say Tyreek Hill was worth the 101 pick. I and think you're I'm upset. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm upset. I think like Justin Jefferson's still the safest pick because you no one knows, like, okay, what's Tua's health gonna be like this season? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like we always are overthinking Tyreek Hill, and I don't get it. I mean, I personally I had him, I believe, as the wide receiver too when we did our wide receiver rankings mm-hmm. episodes. So you did. feeling good about that, but yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill, he is, uh, I was actually talking about this with Danny, and I don't really want to get too down this path, but in terms of uh, separating the art from the artist in in mm. NFL players go, there are some players I struggle to do that with, but Tyreek Hill, you almost have to do it because watching that man play is insane. Yeah, yeah, you could say it's like Kanye West, but... Yeah, you could <laughs> you could say that. Um, yeah, I've got a few. This is why we play moments. Uh, so I was watching the games with my buddy Danny. Danny went with a sort of a modified zero RB strategy. Um, so he rolled out uh, Tyler Algier in his RB2 spot. Fantastic play this week. Savvy move, Danny. Savvy move by Danny. And the thing is, was like that we were talking about, like Algier was good last year. Like, yeah, yep. like. Don't overthink it. Draft a good player. Sure, they drafted Bijan. Bijan also looked incredible, but they're not just not going to give a good player work. And so it's always nice when you see someone's sort of like risky strategy pan out. And so it was very cool to watch Tyler Algier go for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Two others um, that are more personal. Zay Flowers. uh, That's that dude. You know, drafting a rookie wide receiver, for me, he's my wide receiver three. Really needed him to be something. And it looks like he won't be just something. He'll be a focal point of that Ravens offense. Granted, Mark Andrews was out, but Zay Mm -hmm. Flowers looked incredible. Um, And then Anthony Richardson. Yeah. 65% of his passes. I'm blown away. 223 yards through a tutty. Blown away. 10 for 40 in a tutty. Who has been telling y'all since April about this guy? Me. Me. So just listen to me. Just listen to what I have to say. Yeah, it wasn't me. (laughs) Because, Jesus, this guy's going to be a top five quarterback just like that if if he gets used like he was used uh, in week one. Yeah, we had an injury scare there at some point, like I think third quarter. But uh, 
my God, he looked so much better than I thought. I can't imagine him completing that amount of passes in his debut. He had like 16 starts in his entire college career. And here he is looking formidable as an opponent, like uh, uh, against the Ravens, right? It was Ravens Indianapolis, I think. No, it was uh, the Jags. Oh, yes. Ravens yeah. by Houston, yeah. And even the... So, I, yeah, I had an anti-rookie quarterback parlay. And for a time there, I was worried that the Indianapolis Colts were going to beat the Jags. And it was a very close game for a large part of that game. And, yeah, I got to say, Anthony Richardson deserves all the credit you're giving him. Um, Anthony really Richardson wish... is already better than Justin Fields. I'm ready to say that. I think so. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll say that, too. I'm flipping a coin right now. Like, yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Richardson is good. <laughs> So that was uh, that was satisfying to see. Of course, I didn't start him. I started Jalen Hurts, who scored twelve fantasy points. As yeah, my you're so silly pick. for doing that, dude. Yeah, well, all I'm saying <laughs> is uh, I'm I'm bragging about AR here, but uh, I'm still an idiot. Is all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was just that was awesome. I think uh, he might be out there on waivers in some leagues, but chances are. You're gonna to have to trade for him, and I would yeah. I would recommend trading for him. Although the injury thing, like I think that is a real concern. Like he was taking some hits, bru- bruised his left uh, leg al- already. So um, that's hopefully he doesn't have like an expedited Cam Newton career arc. But um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that was awesome to watch. Yeah, injury is certainly a risk with any rushing quarterback. Uh, we saw Josh Allen take a bunch of unnecessary hits, but I think the payout is so much more worth it than the risk you're taking on. I mean, rushing as a quarterback in fantasy is a cheat code. It's ha- It has been forever. Um, yeah, go for it. Trade for Anthony Richardson. By the way, we might need to talk about trading for Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah, that is why I drafted him. Yeah. Right, let's shift into our uh, preview section. All right. How does that go? So we've got four categories here. And given that the fact that we're doing this early in the week, these are sort of based on a a bit of a reaction to what happened last week and less of sort of like an in-depth analysis of what's going to happen this week, although that's certainly going to be factored in. So we're just going to give you a start of the week, maybe a couple starts of the week, a sit of the week, a player prop that we really like that will mostly relate to Thursday night football because that's usually the only player props that are out around this time. And then a weekly miracle. Who's that long shot, that fantasy Bible divine intervention that you need to, uh, you know, slop into your flex slot and then randomly score 28 points, look like a genius, that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, Dane, why don't you start us off with your start of the week? All right, I've got a player who finished in the top few players at his category, and that is going to be actually the number one player in his category in half PPR. It is Hunter Henry, tight end (laughs) for the New England Patriots. You laugh, you laugh, but he's playing Miami this week. We saw Donald, Donald Parham Jr. finish as the tight end three with a touchdown against Miami. Miami, who was scored against with about 31 points, I believe. Um, and there's no reason Hunter Henry is not going to do this again against Miami when we saw the Chargers dice, slice and dice uh, that defense as well. Uh, you know, the Patriots are not the same high profile offense as the Chargers. But if you watched the Eagles Patriots game, which I unfortunately did as a <laughs> Patriots fan, um, the Pats offense looked way more competent than they did last year at Absolutely. any point. 
Yeah. And it, that is a huge saving grace for any of those fantasy assets that you drafted there. Um, the Miami D, like I said, allowed a lot of points to running backs and tight ends and wide receivers as well to a lesser degree. But um, I think this is going to be a good game. It's divisional. It's going to be electric. Um, certainly the Dolphins are going to put up a lot of points and that forces the Patriots to pass for a lot as well. And Hunter Henry, he's been a solid tight end his whole career. It's not a sexy pick, but I think um, he's probably on waivers in some leagues, but most likely he was not started in a lot of leagues. And I think this is your green light to plug him in. Um, we saw the wasteland of tight ends week one. Um, yeah, I'm not hesitating to start Hunter Henry. I think he's a top five play this week. I would, if I had to guess, and I could be totally wrong, uh, Hunter Henry scored 50% of his season total touchdowns uh, in the game against the Eagles. Uh -oh. He had two, right? Um, no, no, he only. Oh, had he one. just had the one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then never mind. He scored 25% uh, of his season total touchdowns against the Eagles. <laughs> I'm I'm just never been a huge Hunter Henry believer, but I don't hate this start. I, I agree yeah. that um six targets, fifty-six yards, touchdown. I mean, he, he was clearly looked to in high pressure moments, and I think that's important. And do you know if Devontae Parker's still gonna be out? I do not know, but I would bet he is. He's had like a lingering injury history throughout his career. I I think he's a slower to comeback player than most. So I'm willing to believe that we should project, you know, this episode won't go out by waiver wire time, but I think uh by the time Sunday rolls around, he's probably not playing again. Oh yeah, good point. Um, the uh, Kendrick Bourne also looked good, and it was—it's crazy yeah. to me. Like all the, all the analysis right now is like, oh, Kendrick Bourne is worth a flyer because, like, you know, who knows what his targets will be when Devontae Parker gets back? And are we really saying that Devontae Parker's gonna take targets away from Kendrick Bourne and Bourne at this point in their respective careers? That just doesn't seem likely to me. No, they both kind of seem like products of circumstance. I don't imagine either of them is good enough to take away targets from one or the other. But now that Kendrick Bourne has the first foot in the offense and, you know, they traded for Kendrick Bourne a bit before Devontae Parker, or the same year, actually, as Devontae Parker. But Bourne's been on the field more. Um, he's looked good this, this first week. I think he's worth a waiver ad. I wouldn't start him this week necessarily. But, uh, you know, when you're looking at your wave wire there's going to be a lot of people to cut <laughs> on your bench because it was not a high profile week one so are these patriots receivers like it's it's so like they just I, ever since julian edelman and gronk left like yeah. it's like jacoby myers kendrick Bourne, like the guys that are good for new england are just depressing in, in, in the like sort of macro lens of things it's very hard to get excited about the Patriots offense as of late. Um, after this week one against the Eagles, they looked good enough for me to be hopeful of something more than I thought. A potential wild card fight, you know. Over of... the Jets now, eh? <laughs> like I said, potential. The AFC yeah. is very tough. I didn't give them a shot in hell about a, a wild card berth um, a week ago. But now, maybe. Their defense looks very good. And that... that really will pay dividends through an entire season so real quick on the patriots mac jones what the dude whines incessantly <laughs> have you have you noticed that watching him well last year i did i didn't watch play by play this uh last week but um yeah he was very vocal and kind of childish on the anytime drives he they doesn't lost, get a yeah. call it's like 
yeah. Philip Rivers back there. It's nuts. Uh, <laughs> all right. My start of the week, uh, I got two. One is Nico Collins. Uh, got 10 targets. Uh, you saw how the Jags tore up those Colts corners. Um, so they're playing the Colts this week, uh, Texans versus Colts. I thought C.J. Stroud of the rookie quarterbacks, except for A.R., of course, looked probably the most competent. Um mm. And uh, yeah, 10 targets to Nico Collins. I think he might be the de facto wide receiver one on that offense, maybe passing back and forth a bit with Robert Woods. But he's a, a big body year three in the league, could be a breakout for him. I just like the idea of, you know, there's probably a starting wide receiver one out there on your bench that you could probably slot into your lineup. And then one that's a little bit more matchup uh, injury based, uh, Jordan Addison. Um, the Vikings play the Eagles this Thursday. Jordan Anderson had four uh, catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. So he already uh, turned in a performance where it's worthy of starting him. Yeah. But just noting that uh, James Bradbury, the Eagles corner two, uh, suffered a concussion. They play this Thursday, so he probably won't be uh, through concussion protocol by the time of the matchup. So the Eagles will be rolling out Josh Job who is a second-year UDFA uh, corner. Mm -hmm. um, and that's who will most likely be covering Addison just because Slay covered Jefferson so well last year. If you remember, that was the game that Jefferson had like one catch for seven yards or something like that. Um, so I imagine Slay is going to follow Jefferson and then Addison is going to get a lot of targets and that he's going to be playing against a, uh, you know, fledgling UDFA corner. So... Like in Addison's start there, I mean, that that Vikings offense is going to put up insane yardage as they rack up L's every week. Um, so that will be interesting. Uh, my player, oh, uh, or no, wait, we're on the sit of the week. I guess I'll start sit of the week. Uh, yeah. Traylon Burks, um, we kind of just saw that uh, there can really only be one viable receiving threat on that run heavy Titans offense, and it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't. As someone who drafted Burks and thought they got a steal, um, you know, remains to be seen. I'll hold him on my bench. I'll see what happens. But uh, not really thrilled about his usage. And also when I was watching, uh, the dude cannot separate. Uh, he was just like running in the hip pocket of corners the entire time. So um, they had to get him some scripted touches at a certain point to get him involved. I don't know. Just feeling down on Burks wouldn't be rolling out Burks in any of my lineups. Totally agree. Um, the only silver lining there, they do play the Chargers, which the Miami Dolphins just gashed for like 460 yards passing. So that's not going to be the same here. Like you said, Titans are not that same offense as the Dolphins. That is worth noting. Don't feel lulled into starting someone like Burks. I would definitely bench him as well. But uh, if you're in a position you have to, at least it's greener pastures on the side of the fence. But uh, yeah, I, I do agree with both those takes there. Um, my sit of the week, uh, all Falcons players who rely on catching passes. <laughs> catching passes. So yeah, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. And anyone else. And You're anyone not even else. looking at anyone else. But... <laughs> I don't know anyone else on the depth chart. Yeah, so they threw the ball exactly 18 times okay. uh, week one terrible and the running backs accounted for 51 percent of those targets okay 
absolutely terrible. Uh, guess who had as many receptions as Drake London? Um, because the, I'm on Twitter, I know the answer. The quarterback, <laughs> <Yeah>. Desmond Ritter. <laughs> what? Oh my Yo. god! <laughs> and can I like? Uh, can I give an Arthur Smith rant? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going. Please do. I can't talk about this. Well, this guy, this guy. You know, we're having we're having Tyree Kill catch 211 yards, and the Dolphins win. And you know, like all this, all these receiver performances. And this guy has the gall to come up and be like, "Oh, we're not playing." fantasy football here we are <laughs> playing to win the game well then if you're not playing fantasy football why did you draft kyle pitts fourth overall why did you draft drake, drake london, london eighth, eighth overall over. and oh. are you telling me that like this game in which yeah you scraped out a victory over the carolina panthers the garbage this game team. plan is going to work every week that you're just yeah. not going to be able to throw to your best weapons he's like talking about oh there's things in the progression you just don't understand well somehow no. <laughs> all these other teams find a way to get their best players in the progression so maybe you should figure that out for yourself and maybe it wouldn't have been such a close game if you just targeted kyle it's in Drake London a little more. And I don't have those players in any. So this is not like a fancy <laughs> thing for me. This is like, this is how you've built your team. You could have added to the defense. You could have strengthened the offensive line. Hell, why haven't you been drafting offensive line every year if you just want to run the ball? Instead, yeah. they put these top level picks, like top 10 picks into players. That That's why people are after you, Arthur Smith. It's not because of fantasy football. It's because you're wasting top 10 first round picks on players that aren't getting used. It's so frustrating how he has this like stick of his ass where he's like, oh, I'm a football guy. And if you just knew scheme, you know that, you know, what we're actually doing makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I, you said it well. I don't want to expand any further. It's so frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, I don't have any shares of Drake London or Kyle Pitts. Commiserate with all of you who do. Can't stand uh, Arthur Smith right now. Mm. Um, Okay, player prop of the week. Uh, this one was pretty straightforward for me. Last year, Eagles come out. They play the Lions. They beat the Lions. But the number one storyline, zero catches, zero targets for Devontae Smith. That's all oh. everyone's talking about. So week two, they come out. Devontae Smith is targeted three times on the opening drive, 10 times across the game. He has like a 10-yard, 151-week performance against who? The who? Minnesota Vikings. Who now, they play this week. Who they play this week. Now, week one, 2023, the Eagles win, barely. And there are a lot of conversations about how poor uh, the Eagles' performance was. But one that's uh, very similar, Dallas Goddard, zero catches, one target. Nick Sirianni says after the game, just like he did last year, we can't uh, come out of a game with Dallas Goddard getting only one target. Now, the Eagles seem to respond to these media narratives in-game quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dallas Goddard over 42 and a half receiving yards. Book it. It's locked. He's going to be a major part of the game plan because uh, they're going to do the exact same thing they did last year with Devontae Smith and force Dallas Goddard's involvement. Um, and yeah, so, uh, that's a, that's just a player prop. I love because it's, it's 1000% going to hit. I like it. I looked at Goddard myself. Um, and where you began that, I thought we would meet 
at the same endpoint here. I have Devontae Smith anytime touchdown plus 140. I feel like that is a really good value. I hate betting on touchdowns for player props. It's it's just dicey. But Devontae Smith is as talented as anyone in the league at wide receiver. I think uh, even his teammate, A.J. Brown, he's going to be a focal point in that offense. He can bust out a over-the-shoulder pass. Any kind of talented play you're looking for from a wide receiver, he's going to do it. Um, this is going to be a big game, I think, for the Eagles. And, yeah, I think both of these things could hit Dallas Goddard over 42 and a half and Devontae Smith touchdown. I just love the plus 140. I think he should be like plus 110. Yeah, and it's 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 like prop bets. It's hard to get plus odds like that. So that's a those are great odds. And in my opinion, like it may seem counterintuitive because AJ Brown's a much bigger body, but I think uh Smith is the far superior red zone threat just because of his contested catch and body control and contortion abilities. He's an absolute uh, tactician. Yes, yeah, exactly. So he can find space where space is limited. So I love that. Let's move into our, our weekly miracle. Um, I have a player that just kind of feels like he's going to be a weekly miracle player every week. He is a player that no one would shut up about in the off season. If you were in like, you know, the deep league circles and Reddit talking about this guy and yeah, he, I mean, he went off and he could continue to go off and that is Rashid Shahid. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I think he's going to be at the, near the top of the list for wide receiver waiver wire ads after this episode airs. But um, yeah, but you might I, not yeah. be feeling confident about like you might be. Yeah, he's going to be an ad, but maybe do you want to start him this week? Today, yes, that's a perfect long shot miracle player. You get him in your lineup. You know that he's an electric playmaker. You hope he returns a performance like he did last week. Five catches, 89 yards and a touchdown. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. I think he's the wide receiver too there ahead of Michael Thomas. Um, he looks very good on the field. The trust is there with this quarterback. Um, the New Orleans Saints have a relatively easy schedule. Like It's going to pan out. He's going to be a, a flex-worthy player, and you may have drafted him, or maybe you'll pick him up on waivers this week. But what Nathan is telling you is to feel okay about starting him in your flex or wide wide receiver three spot and i would concur there i have a very similar weekly miracle archetype here with zay jones uh they're playing the kansas city chiefs this week kansas city corners were pretty vulnerable last week um you know not a ton of points scored against them but it was it was there when the lions wanted it with monroe st brown and uh uh oh i thank you uh, Josh Reynolds. Um, so yeah, the wide receiver two there was even doing work. I think it's going to be a pretty high octane game. Uh, Jaguars, Kansas City. I mean, this is a game that could have been a week one game to watch if it was billed that way. And uh, I really do think Zay Jones has that wide receiver wide receiver two spot on lock. Um, I think he's like a top 30 wide receiver on the year. And in this week, I view him as a top 24 wide receiver with you know that kind of upside at least yeah i i strongly agree with you i mean that game feels like it's it's heading towards an awesome shootout just two high octane offenses and two defenses that are solid but maybe middle of the pack i mean yeah just get chris jones back so that'll be one factor but yeah i like that a lot i think their corners are definitely vulnerable um it, although the fact that this feels like, yeah, this game's hitting the over, this is a shootout, probably means it's going to be like a big tank Bigsby 
Clyde no, Edwards it, Hilaire game or something. It's, like it's not going to be either <laughs> of those things. <laughs> you know, the classic good tank Bigsby Clyde Edwards Hilaire games. Yeah, neither of them looked good week one. I'm not willing to bet on any of that week two. Yeah. All right. I like that. Um, and I like this format. I think we covered a lot in, in you know, a short amount of time. Yeah, I think it's perfect. Hones us in on what matters the most and what matters the least. That are those are the segments. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. All right, take care.